Welcome to the official podcast of Rock Hills Church in San Antonio, Texas. On Sunday, we began revisiting one-on-one, which is more than a series, it's a way of life that focuses on relationships, our relationship with God and our relationships with other people. In Sunday's message, we talked about spending time with God and what that means for us on a daily basis. Join us every Sunday at 1031 at Hebner Elementary as we worship together, and please visit us online at rockhills.com, Rock Hills Church on Facebook, and at Rock Hills Church on Twitter and Instagram. We are starting a new series. If you look at the, the banners over here, uh, one, one-on-one. And this is something we introduced last year, and it really gets back to, we're going to be spending this month looking at um, the most important relationships that we have in our lives. It's really the core thing of what life is about. If you think about it, our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. I mean, the, kind of the basics of our faith as we look to following Christ is how do we learn to love God and how do we love people? How do we learn to love people that are Clippers fans? I mean, that was tough last night, but if, if we're going to be serious about our faith, right, we even have to love people who love our opponents, right? Um, so we're going to be talking about that all month. And today we're talking first about what does it mean for us to have a relationship with God and to grow in that relationship because um, the relationship that we have with God influences everything else. It influences every other relationship that we have. It influences what we do on a daily basis, what we think about. And so how can we get a greater sense of God's presence and his, his, uh, you know, his uh, ability to be a part of our daily experience? And so... How can we search that out? How do we find more of God's peaceful strength, his goodness, his graciousness on a daily basis so that we could feel more connected to what he's doing in our lives and around us? Now, so as we think about, okay, God is present. I don't know how you think about that. It may be something that you, that's a frame of reference on a daily basis. It may be something that you think about on Sundays. But kids have this sense this interesting kind of unique sense of God, an openness to God. And so kids say some really interesting things. You know, if you, if you have a young child, there's going to be some point where your child, if you talk about God, will say, hey, dad, where did God come from? And who made God? I mean, they're just interesting questions that kids begin to ask because they have an awareness of God. Now, uh, I like a couple of these. These are real um, conversations that happened in Sunday school and at church. There's a little boy, uh, his teacher in Sunday school asked the class to go home after church and write a letter to God and then to bring it back to church the next week. And this one little boy wrote this. He said, dear God, we had a good time at church today. Wish you could have been there. Then a little girl, she was drawing a picture um, at church, and her teacher said, hey, what, you know, what are you drawing? And the little girl said, I'm drawing God. And she, the teacher said, well, I mean, nobody can really draw a picture of God because nobody knows what God looks like. And the little girl said, very matter-of-factly, they will when I get done with this picture. <laughs> kids have a sense of God, and often when kids are around, it makes us feel a little softer, a little more open to God, a little more interested in how can I find God's leading on a daily basis? 
as I go out through the day, knowing that God is present and that he's leading me and wanting to show me. All right, so we all want a better picture of God. And the question is, how does God reveal himself to us? All right, if we're gonna pursue more of God, how does he reveal himself? How can we find more of him? Now, Paul talked about this quite a bit in the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul, as he was uh, in Athens, he's in this you know, very um, you know, pagan place where there's conversations about religion, there's conversations about philosophy. And here's what he introduces to this audience. People are having all kinds of conversations about gods and religion and various philosophies. And here's what uh, Paul does to this audience in Athens. So Paul took his stand in the open space at the Areopagus, and this is kind of this place of ideas, and he laid it out for them. He said, it's plain to see that you Athenians take your religion seriously. When I arrived here the other day, I was fascinated at all the shrines that I came across, and then I found one inscribed to the God nobody knows. I'm here to introduce you to this God so that you can worship intelligently so you can know who you're dealing with. The God who made the world and everything in it, the master of the sky and land, doesn't live in custom-made shrines or need the human race to run his errands for him as if he couldn't take care of himself. He makes the creatures. The creatures don't make him. Starting from scratch, he made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living so we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's near. We live and move in him. We can't get away from him. One of your poets said, said it well. We're the God created. Well, if we're the God created, it doesn't make a lot of sense to think we could hire a sculptor to chisel a God out of stone for us, does it? Now, so when we think of that, okay, sculptures, statues, idols, that seems quite removed from our world. But there are all kinds of things that we make into idols, right? And so as he spoke to this audience, he said, hey, this God that you don't know, let me tell you about him, what he's like. And first and foremost, let me tell you, he's not far from you. He is here. He is present. We live and move, and he's there wherever we are. So Paul was telling that audience, and he's telling us today through the scriptures, that God is close to us. He's present. And so there are two ways that we can connect with God, and we'll, uh, this is really what Paul begins to introduce. The first that way we can connect with God is through what we call general revelation through the creation. The second way is through special revelation, which we'll get to in a few moments, but that's the scriptures and specific words and things that God reveals to us. But in general revelation, as we look at the creation around us, the universe around us, it's almost like crying out to us that there's a God who made this and who created us for a purpose. The created world we live in points to this intelligent creator, this designer who's beckoning us to come close, to seek him. 
And if you and I, we look around, if we pay attention, we see God's fingerprints all throughout the created world. And the question is, what do we do with what we see? How do we respond to what we experience? Do we, do we seek him? Do we try to pursue more of him? Or do we end up just creating other gods through the creation? Well, here's what Paul says in Romans chapter one, speaking of this idea, general revelation, that God, re- he reveals himself to all people in this general way. Romans one says, they know the truth about God. And he's talking about all peoples because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through everything God made. They can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him. They wouldn't trust him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people. What Paul's saying is that everybody in the universe has a sense of God's existence and presence through what he made. Now, it doesn't mean everybody knows that or accepts that, but there's a deep sense within all of us because we are created beings, created by the creator. And so there's a sense in all of us that, yes, there is a God who made this stuff on purpose. Now, what are some of the ways that we connect with God through general revelation, through the creation, the universe? Um, I don't know about you, you, but I love to be outside, and there are lots of places. Put up a few of these pictures. Um, we all have our kind of place where it's easier to connect with God, but if you go in, if you're out hiking and you see this incredible vista, this mountain with water, it's pretty inspiring, right? Maybe for some of us, it's a beach. You want to get far, far away, but the blue waters, there's also sunsets those quiet nights where you're out there and it seems like God has prepared something that nobody has ever seen before. And that draws us in, right? But what do we make of it? I mean, how do these images truly affect us? We have to think about what are those places for us? Um, For me, I love to get out in the mountains and I love to hike and I've spent time in Colorado and New Mexico hiking in the mountains. Um, when we had, I mean, we had, when our kids were young, it seemed like we went up to Colorado almost every year for a while. And it was, it was awesome. I love to get up high into the mountains. Now, the only bad experience I had uh, hiking in the mountains is when I went with my wife's cousin and we went, uh, we hiked a 14er. So we went to the top, which was incredible when we got there. But he was 25 and we went super fast and we got to the top, like, in record time. We, I don't know how many people we passed. And then we came down. I chased him all the way down the mountain. And by the time we finished, I didn't know if I was going to survive. <laughs> but I, along the way, I saw some incredible views. And those are moments that we capture where we're blown away by God's majesty, by his, his greatness and his power and his design. 
And we say, wow, God, it's amazing that you would be interested in me, in human beings, to want relationship with us. Now, here's the thing. Um, I don't get out to Colorado or New Mexico or some of these places very often. You and I, we need the places that we can go. We need the reminders on a daily or weekly basis that God is there. And so what are those places for us? Is it when when we get out for a walk? Uh, It happens for me when I get out for a run. Is it early in the morning uh, when you hear the birds chirping? We had the windows open this morning. I mean, just these cool mornings are incredible. And they were chirping. I mean, they were chirping so loud, I almost closed the window. But it was like, wow, this is amazing. And maybe it's late at night for you. You don't like early mornings. But late at night, you love to go out and look at the stars on a clear night and just stare out at the moon and think about God's greatness and what he is maybe doing in your life. We need those moments where we can connect with God generally. That's part of our relationship with him. That's part of what grounds us, but it's not enough. General revelation is not enough for us because the second thing, special revelation, is what really connects us to who God is and what he's about. You see, God gave special revelation really throughout all time, beginning with Adam and Eve and then through you know, people throughout the history of the Bible, we look back and we can see this special plan that God had for human beings through the Bible, through the Old Testament and the New Testament, the scripture. That's God's special revelation. Along the way, he raised up prophets. Um, You know, later on, there were apostles, there were miracles that God did where God showed himself and revealed himself. But the ultimate way that he revealed himself was through Jesus, the son of God. Jesus is the one who's at the center of all of time and space where you and I, when we want to know God, we can only get to know him in a real way through Jesus. Jesus was this ultimate revelation of God where we can see what God was like, what he looked like, what was important to him, what... uh, you know, how, how we can love people that are hard to love. And all through, the, all through Jesus's life, as we look into the New Testament, we see the kind of life that God wants us to live. And so the question for us, um, it says in the scriptures that God, as we seek him, he, as we trust Christ, he gives us his presence through his Holy Spirit. And that you and I, on a daily basis, can grow. We can make progress in our relationship with God. We can sense that he really is there. And he wants what's best for us. And he wants to lead us. But the question is, how, how do we experience that? Because it just it doesn't happen. I mean, there, there are times where we can just sense that God is there. But it just doesn't happen. You and I have to put some effort into it. I mean, if we're going to seek, that takes some effort. It takes a commitment in our minds and our hearts. It takes time. And so how do we do this? We need some discipline. And we'll call it spiritual discipline because it's not like you're going to go out there and 
I mean, have to, you know, do really hard physical labor to make it happen. It's not like we're going to work to earn our relationship with God, but we have to discipline ourselves. Someone once said that confidence comes through discipline, and it comes through training. And when you think of discipline and when you think of training, that means we've got to put something into it, right? If we want to have a deeper relationship with God, you and I, we've got to commit ourselves to that. How do we commit ourselves to that? Well, we've got to find some quiet and solitude. We talked about this last week. Our topic was rest as we finished up a a series called Rhythm. We've got to make some space for quiet. You know what? You're the only one who can do that in your life and schedule. And I mean, our our lives are, are crazy fast. There's all kinds of stuff going on whether it's work or kids or activities or commitments that you have, whatever it may be, our schedules fill up in a hurry. You're the only one who can grab some space and say, I need this quiet moment. And I don't care if it's 15 minutes, if you can find an hour during the day, most of us can't. Um, And then there's also, as we talked about Sabbath last week, there are times where we need to cease from work. We just need to stop. That's something that we have to discipline ourselves in. Nobody else is going to do it for us. And so that's part of the commitment that we make is, hey, all right, God, I, I want to grow closer. I want to grow deeper. I want to have a more intentional relationship with you. I want to know that you're there. It starts when you and I say, okay, I'm going to take a look at my schedule this week, and I'm going to carve out some moments. And the cool thing is when you and I carve out those moments, it seems there are other times that God just creates out of nowhere where he, he shows up and he meets us and he gives us exactly what we need. All right, so here's a, just as a practical thing, looking at our schedules, um, maybe this week you could even set uh, the alarm on your watch or set a time during the day where you're just gonna stop as soon as it goes off. And you're gonna stop You're going to listen. You're going to pray. You don't have to have anything special to say to God, but you're just going to say, God, I'm available. Maybe you take a scripture. Maybe you take a a thought and you say, God, just teach me. Just be with me. Show me the way. Um, Because what God wants is for us to live in his presence, to know moment by moment he's there. He's not absent from us. He's available to help us and to guide us and to give us strength and to do what we cannot do for ourselves. And the teaching point is that God speaks. He still speaks to us. He speaks to our hearts. He gives us wisdom. He gives us ideas. He gives us hope. Listen to this text from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. It's, um, Uh, This is a familiar text, especially to like high school students and kids that graduate from college. Um, There's a verse in it uh, that talks about God's plan for you, that he is, you know, a future and a hope for you. Listen, Listen to these words in Jeremiah. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And then he goes on to say, in those days, uh, when you pray, I will listen. 
If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home to your own land. Now, here's the context of what was happening. The people of God were in Babylon. They were in exile and captivity. They were far from their home. And there were, what's interesting is there were false prophets who were coming along and saying, hey, you should have hope because God is gonna send us back in a year or two. We're going back. It's gonna happen. He's gonna crush the king here. And Jeremiah came to say, as he was hearing the actual words of God, he was saying, yeah, there's, there's hope. God is present with you, but you're not gonna go back for a long time. It's gonna be decades. And so I want you to lay down some roots here. I want you to build houses. I want you to live life. I want you to marry off your kids. And I want you to wholeheartedly pursue God through the process because he will be with you. And one day, one day, we'll go back. And the message is for us, when God reveals himself to us, um, when he inspires us and gives us hope, it doesn't mean that everything in our life is gonna get fixed in a moment or this week or this year. But he's present and he has a plan for us. And he has a plan for you as you consider what it means to wholeheartedly set aside moments, to set aside time to allow God to communicate with you. All right. So as we think about this image of, of training and, and preparation and, and discipline, um, you know, I, I like the image of running. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a running I, I runner. I don't compete very often in races, but I just, I like the training process. I don't like super hard training. I like to train a little bit. Well, God, you know, God calls us to train too, because if you're a runner, you know that if you're going to run a 5K race, that's not that big of a deal. You can just go out and run it and finish. But if you're going to run a half marathon or if you're going to run a marathon, you have to train or you're not going to finish. And God's desire for us is to use our disciplines, our, these spiritual things, so that we can train and finish the race. Right? We have one life to live. And he, he wants us to finish the race. And he wants us to know that he's with us each step of the way. Um, a guys group that I'm a part of, we, we've been walking through the book of Hebrews. And it's, it's an amazing letter with some really just phenomenal uh, truths and teachings. And we were talking about Hebrews chapter 12, which is one of my favorite uh, scriptures in the Bible. And it's got this imagery in it. I, I want to read it this morning because I think it'll be helpful as we think about this idea of how do we train with God? What does it mean for us uh, to, to have you know, some commitments that we make on a, a weekly basis, on a daily basis? Well, here's what the author of Hebrews uh, says in chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us, 
We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up when you experience tough things in life. Now, just a few thoughts as we think about this text and as we think about training. Um, What does it mean to, to throw off or strip off every weight that slows us down? You know, the sin that so easily can entangle or trip us up. I mean, that's the question for us. We're human beings. A sin is a part of this world. What are the things that are getting in the way of our relationship with God? What are the things as we just open up our heart, not, not, not sitting here to feel like, you know, weighed down with guilt or judgment, but what are the things that we can just open up to God and say, all right, God, what, what do I need to leave behind? What's getting in the way? Um, I was, this is, uh, this, this uh, illustration just comes to mind because my, my newest daughter from China, um, she's, she's so adorable. And um, so she keeps like, she's got all this stuff in her backpack. And when she first came to our house from China, she had a backpack and she had another bag and it had all of her stuff, you know, everything that was important to her. And the first few days, she would go to bed at night and take both those bags, haul those bags up the stairs, set them right next to her bed. And then she'd come down in the morning and she'd take those bags back down with her. She wanted to keep them really close. Well, fortunately, she's, now she's got a little office where she keeps all of her stuff. But yesterday, she wanted to, we were gonna take the dog for a walk and she sees that I go out running and she said, I wanna run with you, daddy. And I said, okay, well, We'll go running. Reagan will go running and Emmy will go running. And there she, uh, so, but she's, uh, she's getting ready. She gets her shoes on and she gets her backpack and she puts it on her shoulders. And I'm like, honey, you don't need to take the backpack. It's going to be very hot out there. It'll make, make it very hard for you to run. And she, she trusted me. She took it off. And then we went out and she, 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 we didn't go very far, but she went pretty fast. We have backpacks. We have stuff that we carry along with us that God says, just drop it. It'll help you run. It'll help you experience more of me. Um, but sometimes, you know, even when we train, uh, things don't go the, the way that we planned. You know, we, we don't get what we thought we would get out of our training. I mean, stuff happens in life, right? We figure out that, you know, we get injured, we, we have an area of weakness, you know, just doesn't work out. Even though we've been training, we've been preparing. And I wanted to share this, this, uh, this video with you because it really, I think it helps uh, in, in terms of this picture of what God is like with us when we train. Now this athlete, this is back in 1992, Barcelona Olympics. We just stop it for a second. Um, uh, Derek Redmond is a, a UK athlete, a sprinter. And uh, just, just watch what happens uh, as he's competing here in this trial for the Olymp- or at the Olympics in the semis. 
image here's this guy who trained you know gave hours and hours in preparing for the race and yet his body gave out on him but his father was right there and in this text you know as everybody stood and 65,000 people cheered him on it just brings to life the words where it says we're surrounded by this great crowd of witnesses who's cheering us on. And ultimately, as we train, it's not us who get it done. We don't make it happen in our relationship with God. He makes it happen. He's with us each step of the way. We just have to be open and willing. And he'll meet us He'll be with you in those times when you don't think he's present and then you find out in your weakness, he's the one who's carrying you along. And this is the most important point for us as we think about our relationships, we think about one-on-one relationships. It all begins with our relationship with God. That he has called us to keep our eyes focused on Christ to trust him, to give ourselves to him and to begin to train so that he can show us the way. Because he's the one for all of us as we run our race, he's the one who guarantees we're gonna finish it and we're gonna finish it well. And I hope if nothing else today, he'll speak that truth to your heart and help you to understand and to know that That's what will give you what you need to love others and to be a part of what God is doing in the world. So pray pray with me, please, as we finish. 